I would remind you inside your bulletin is a place for you to write notes if you like to do that. So I remind you of that this morning. Have you ever been surprised by God? If you haven't, I need to check your pulse this morning. Or maybe check your faith. You ever been surprised by God? I think God is sort of in the surprise business. I don't know. I think he's in the surprise business. We see it throughout the scriptures. And I think a lot of us have seen it in our own lives. God calls us over here to do that, over, over there to do this. Or God puts us a, a person in our lives that we didn't expect. Or, or God speaks to us in this way or that way. All the while, we weren't quite expecting it. We had different ideas. We had different plans. We thought we knew what was up, yet God surprised us. I think a lot of times God surprises us because we lack faith. We didn't believe we were capable of doing this or, or doing that, yet that's exactly what God was calling us to do. So he surprises us. So I think sometimes God surprises us um, due to our lack of faith. And so we're called to increase our faith and trust in God's direction. Beginning last week and, and looking at the, the weeks ahead, we are looking at the unexpected acts of God. We're looking at the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles. Specifically, we're looking at the interactions, the words, the, 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 the relationships, the stories of the apostles after Pentecost. We're seeing how God surprised the world and how the apostles surprised the world and even themselves after God sent the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. And, and perhaps we can learn something from these scriptures about how God works and moves in our own lives so that we'll just, we'll just come to expect the unexpected from God. God's surprises will just become everyday, normal occurrences. So this morning we come to the story of Saul's conversion. Now, it's okay when, I, when you hear the, the, the name Saul for you to automatically think of Israel's first king, King Saul. It's also okay for you to hear the word Saul and you have no idea what I just said. Like, it doesn't ring a bell. Our Saul in Acts 9 is the person that a lot of us know as Paul. The person responsible for writing most of what we know as the, the New Testament. But before he was Paul, he was Saul. See, God has a way of giving folks um, in Scripture a new name whenever they have a deepening of faith or, or a conversion. And so later in the verses after our passage ends, Paul, Saul is given a new name of Paul. But before Saul becomes Paul, just kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit, Saul was this young and upcoming Jewish Pharisee. He was zealous. He was, he, was, he was passionate. He was passionate about his Jewish faith, which meant he wanted nothing to do with these people of the way, followers of Jesus, these heretics. He wanted to squash out this movement, which meant including all of Jesus' followers. And so as, as we read at the beginning of our passage, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest, asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. So, to the Jews who didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, 
Saul was doing holy work, work of God. He was getting rid of these pesky Jesus followers. To those Jesus followers, Saul was, he was a feared man. He was dangerous. And I'm sure to some of those apostles, he was considered an evil man. And it's with all of this as a backdrop that we've got this surprising turn of events. Saul's on his way to Damascus to arrest Jesus' followers. Yet on his way, God surprises Saul. A bright light flashes and a voice from heaven appears. And Jesus, the risen Jesus, speaks to Saul. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And, Saul, and when Saul gets up, he can't see. He's blind. We're told that he's, he, he's, he's blind for at least three days and those three days he doesn't eat or drink anything. Meanwhile, in Damascus, we learn that there's a follower of Jesus named Ananias. He's probably, he's probably going to be one of the, the, the followers of Jesus that Saul came to arrest. Ananias has a vision from God. God tells Ananias to go to the house of Judas on Straight Street. Don't you love how specific that is? You know, if you just go down Main Street, you take a left, and uh, then you take a right onto uh, West Street, and, and there you'll find Joe's house. Don't you wish God just spoke to us that way all the time? Like, go to Judas' house on Straight Street. There you'll find a man from Tarsus named Saul. So God tells him that, and, and God tells Ananias that Paul has had a vision of him coming and placing his hands on Saul to restore, restore his sight. How crazy is that? Ananias eventually goes, does exactly as he's told. Saul's able to see again. Saul's baptized, and immediately he starts preaching the good news of Jesus. It's a truly remarkable, unexpected turn of events. Both of these men have been surprised by God. There's no way they could have expected any of this. And, and through this unlikely friendship, we learn some things about how God, about God and how he works. Here's the first lesson I want you to know. Don't be surprised about how God speaks to you. Don't be surprised about how God speaks to you. Paul, Saul, heard God in a, a flash of light. And Ananias heard God in a vision. We learn that Saul also had a vision that Ananias was coming. If God is determined to get our attention, he is going to get our attention by whatever means necessary. But I think we live in a day and age where too often we limit God. We try to put God in this little nice tiny box. We say, you know, God didn't say that. That's not how God works. We live in a world where everything has to make sense. Everything has to be explained by logic and reason. And if it doesn't, then God probably wasn't in it. We live in a world where if you have visions, you're crazy. If you thought you had a dream where God spoke to you the night before, it's probably something you ate the day before. But what if I told you that God is still speaking today? What if I told you that God sends visions to people even today? What if I told you that God still speaks through dreams today? 
What if I told you that while God still does these things even today, that the number one way that God speaks and communicates with us is through His Word? The Bible is God's number one way to communicate with us. And also, any vision or dream or other means of communication that we feel is from God can all be measured up against God's Word. And if that vision or that dream goes against what God has already spoken in His Word, then it's, it's false not to be followed. God has already written us a love letter. We just got to pick it up and read it. I mean, we, listen, we live in a country, in a community, in an area where most of us, all of us have a Bible. Most of us have multiple Bibles. We just got to pick it up and read it. Just got to pick it up and read it. And the more we read it, the more we learn about all the different ways that God speaks to us and still speaks to us. So don't be surprised by how God speaks to you and to me. Don't be surprised who God puts in your path. Don't be surprised by who God puts in your path. We see from this story that we've got to be ready for God to surprise us by who he puts in our lives. Saul came to arrest followers like Ananias. He certainly didn't expect Ananias to come and heal him. Ananias had heard of Saul and knew why Saul had come to Damascus. Ananias says to God, I've heard many reports about this man, all the harm that he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem, and he's come here with the authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But you see, God has called us all to be in a relationship with each other. And sometimes that's going to put us with some folks we didn't expect. It's going to put us in some places that we didn't expect. I'll never forget being called into ministry my freshman year at the University of Georgia. I didn't know what ministry I was called to be in. I just knew that I was called to serve God full-time. I tried youth ministry for a year. During that year, I realized I was not called to youth ministry. And in the summer between my junior and senior year, I got married in May and started my first appointment in June in the South Georgia Conference. As a student local pastor in the sprawling metropolis of Adrian, Georgia. That's a joke if you don't know that, uh, where Adrian is. You probably don't know where Adrian is because it's that small. I went from three years in Athens, where there's everything, to the one red light town of Adrian. God placed me in a town where I served four churches, which were filled with mostly farmers which I had no experience with, and retired folks, which, of course, I was just beginning my career. It's quite an experience. But you know what? Those were valuable years for me. I learned that the weather, and if it rained or not, was not just small talk, but it was pretty much a life-and-death matter to those who relied on it, as those farmers did. And those people loved on Kristen and I as a newlywed couple and a pastor who had no clue what he was doing. They were so loving, so gracious, 
But I tell you, I never expected to be paired with that group of people. Mike could say about this group of people either. But God has a way, God has a way of surprising us. It is a, a wonderful way of surprising us um, for our good, for our benefit. So don't be surprised who God puts in your path. Don't be surprised how God speaks to you. And then lastly, don't be surprised if there's risk involved. Don't be surprised if there's risk involved. I think a lot of, for a lot of folks in the church, at least let's say the American church, we have this belief that once we start following Jesus, you know what, life's just going to go rosy and peachy and sunshine and rainbows and butterflies. Every day, that's just how it's going to be. We think somehow we are immune from life's hardships and difficulties, and we also believe that God won't ask us to do something that might put us in harm's way. God said to Ananias, I'm going to show Paul how much he must suffer in my name. Not only is the idea that we won't suffer, that we won't face any hardship, not only is that not biblical, can't be backed up with Scripture, it goes against what a whole lot of us have experienced in our own lives. Some of you know firsthand that while you are a follower of Christ, God has not placed this magical shield around you to block out all the bad things that can happen to you. Instead, what you have hopefully experienced is that God has promised to be with you through life's troubles and difficulties. He has walked with you, oftentimes carried you through these moments. He didn't necessarily stop those bad things from happening, but he was with you before, he was with you during, and he was with you after. Ananias had every right to be nervous, if not scared, to go see Paul or Saul. He knew Saul's reputation. This was the same Saul who stood there, watched and approved of the stoning of Stephen, Christianity's first martyr. I mean, Saul was kind of a bad man. Yet Ananias went. He went because God told him to. He went because God had put Saul in his path he went despite the risk. As followers of Christ, we can't be surprised by risk. We can't be surprised by the fact that, that God might ask us to do something that may put us in harm's way. God has never promised to shield us from danger. He did promise to be there with us through everything. This story of Ananias and Saul is a story of an unlikely friendship. God spoke to them in an extraordinary way. These two men were from different sides of the track. It was a risky interaction. But God used their friendship for His glory. Once His sight was restored and He was baptized, Saul, who, who we, we know as Paul, immediately began to share the good news of Jesus. So let me ask you this morning, how's God speaking to you today? Is God using the vision? Is God using the dream? How's God speaking to you through His Word? 
How's God speaking to you today? Who is God placing in your path right now? Maybe it's somebody you didn't expect. Maybe it's somebody on the other side of the track. Who's God placing in your life right now? And what is God asking you to risk by serving Him? Maybe, maybe He's asking you to be in harm's way. Or maybe at the very least, He's simply asking you to get outside your comfort zone. God acts in unexpected ways. Let's start to expect the unexpected. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this unlikely friendship, this unlikely pairing, two opposite people, yet two people that you called, called for a purpose. Father, remind us that you are still speaking to us today. You speak through us to us through your word even dreams and visions. You speak to us through worship. All the different means of grace. Father, you are, you are constantly drawing us closer to you. May we have eyes to see and ears to hear all that you are doing and saying. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.